Project Taryag Day 78, Mitzvah Tav Tari Base, and that is Shalai Lotas Ilan Bamekdash, not to plant a tree in the base of Mikdash. We learn from the Pasuk, it says clearly, Don't plant for yourselves Nashera, which was a tree which was worshipped, or call it any tree. The reason for the Yisrael, the Ramam explains, as he does with many mitzvahs, that this was in contradiction to what was the custom of Avedazar. The idolaters used to plant trees next to the statues, next to the idols, and therefore in order to disassociate the idea of Avedazar from the word of the Besamekdash, the halach is it's forbidden to plant trees anywhere in the Besamekdash. If a person plants the tree next to the Mizbech, like the Pasuk says, he gets Malchus, and the same applies for anywhere in the courtyard of the Beis Amikdash, maybe Chayev, Malchus. It doesn't make a difference if he's planting a fruit tree or a non-fruit tree. The Isra is planting in any kind of tree. The extension of the Salacha is not to uh, make, so to speak, uh, wooden structures as shades or anything else in the base of Mikdash, like people would do in their gardens. Even though it's not being planted, it's being built, it's still made out of wood. And therefore, in the base of Mikdash, all the structures, including the, the, the covers and the beams, were all made out of metal or, or out of stone. This halach applies both to men and to ladies. Even Bizman Mazeh says the Chinuch, if a person would plant a tree in the place of Azar, he'd be Chayiv Malkus. Mitzvah Tav Tzadi Gimel, and that is not to make a Matzeva, Matzeva is a monument which was worshipped. The Pasuk says, Not to make a Matzeva, a monument which Hashem hates. The Ramam explains this, is that it's a building of stones, or out of clay sand, and again, it was the custom of the Oved of to build such things, and they used it as a place to do the idolatrous idolatry services. And therefore, like everything with Avodah Zarah, the Torah distances us from it. And even to use it as something to serve Hashem on, once it's been used for Avodah Zarah, it's repulsive in the eyes of Hashem. And obviously this wouldn't apply to building the Mizbeach, because that's something which the Torah specifically instructs us to do. This mitzvah applies also in every place and every time, both the men and the ladies. And if a person would make a matzeva, even to serve Hashem on it, Malchus, because it's a Lotase, which has an activity attached to it. Mitzvah Tav Tzadi Dalet, and that is Shalayla Hakriv, Karbon Baalmum Oiver, not to sacrifice a carbon which is a Baalmum. However, we already learned previously about Baalim Mumim, they run the carbon as a carbon, that means a Baalmum, which is called Kavur, which means it's part of the animal, it's unhealable. Now we say even a Baalmum, which is Oiver, which is a temporary mum, and the animal will recover from is also an Isser to bring it as a carbon. The Pasuk says that Hizbach Hashem Elekecho Shar Don't bring the sacrifice to Hashem an animal which has a mum and the extent the Chiddush of this Pasuk more than the Sugi previously of Baal Mum it says it's free it's even talking about a temporary mum. The differences between a temporary mum and a permanent mum is that an animal which has a mum kavur, a permanent mum, can be redeemed, 
and remain to redeem it and then use the money towards other carbonates or to the world of Tzrachim and the Basin Mikdash. But if it has a temporary womb, it's not meant to be redeemed. And at the same time, we can't bring it until it's healed. And if we have to wait with it. If it will heal completely, we can bring it as a carbon. And if the moon becomes something which will not heal, then we can be paid it. Examples of a temporary moon is a blister or a boil which is still wet. Same thing, a chazolis is a growth in the skin, which is one which can heal. Uh, constantly tearing eyes, which isn't a permanent illness. And therefore these things can't be brought as a carbon the way they are. And we wait to see if they're going to get better or they're going to develop into something worse. The issue of bringing a Balmum only applies in the time of the base of Mikdash, because then there was an ability for us to bring up Karbanus. And if it's referring to shechting such animals of carbon, then the issue would apply both to Karnim and non Karnim, because even non Karnim are permitted to do the Shechita, and same thing both the men and the ladies. And the, any one of them who brings or shechts such a carbon, is, uh, which is a Balmum, is over on this lap. Mitzvah, Taf, Tzadi, Hay, that's the Mitzvah, Yishmaya, Bakal, Basin, Bozman, listen to the decisions of the Basin. So if it's referring to the Sanhedrin Agadal, which was the, so to speak, the Supreme Court of Klai Yisrael, so it says, Vasisa, Alpia, Davar, Shia, you have to listen to the halakha that they lay down to you, whether it's referring to Isurim, or it's referring to Chiyobim, or it's referring to Tyrus, or Mominus, whatever area of a Jewish halakha it is, we have to listen to the verdict of the base in the Godel. It doesn't make a difference if it's, it's something they've enacted as a rule on their own, or something that they're explaining or deriving from the Torah. Either way around, you're obligated to listen to them. And this is called the Mitzvah Sasei. Examples of the mitzvah that applies to even kazeros, which means the creeds that they make, or minhagos, which means ways of acting which they institute. Then we learn from our But our mishpat is the halachas which come out from one of the ways the Torah can be derived. And that's the transmission, generation after generation. And then Whatever the reason would be, we must have to listen to them, and therefore there would be always a consensus of halach in Israel. Because when there was a base nagadol sitting in the base of in a chamber called the Rishkas Nagazis, any question which was left unresolved would be brought to them, and they would be able to issue a final ruling which would be binding with all of Israel. Now, today when we don't have that ability, and there's no central unified base in. And if that's the case, we'll have many machlaikas in between different chachamim in every door. And therefore, it's, we, we aren't able to decide between the two opinions which one we have to follow. And therefore, there'll be a, a concept of arguments in the areas of halacha about what Klai are meant to do. The general rule in such cases, in the case of a Suffolk at the Paskin, is if it's regarding a Torah decree or the Raisa, we got the Chumrah. If it's regarding the Rabbanon, then we can go to Kula. The Alakha also is regarding the Basin themselves, that had there been a ruling of a previous Basin, then, then a forthcoming, subsequent Basin is not permitted to change the ruling, 
unless they are greater than the base, the court who issued it, both in number and on the level of the Chochmah. The second point in this rule is a basin can only overturn the ruling of a previous basin when the previous basin made the ruling in order to make a certain gather, a certain way of deterring people from doing a virus. But if the previous basin made a din based on the necessity to safeguard a halacha, then if that's the case, the following basin cannot uproot that. And if that's the case, as the chinuch, it's appropriate for any basin before issuing takonas to think it through properly and contemplate the consequences. Because one can't issue a lenient ruling in if a previous basin has decided to be more stringent, even if they knew that there were reasons to be made, but they decided that this was a category that it was necessary to make a certain fence, a certain safeguard to protect the halacha. In cases like that, the following basin, as we said, won't be able to uproot their psaq. It's only in cases of their interpretation of the halacha or of, in the case of the ways that they understand to, to, interp- to apply it, it is possible for a later basin to change. This mitzvah, it applies in the time when there's a basin Hagadol, Bishalayim, and now the Sanhedrin, and applies both to men and to ladies who are obligated, everyone's obligated, to follow their, their, their rulings. Part of the mitzvah also is any shayfet, anyone who is a dayan, is a judge, then we have to listen to his shakim as well. And even if he's not Sanhedrin, if he's the ultimate authority in that generation, so even if he's not on such a high level as compared to other generations, we have to listen to him on that Chazal say that Yiftach in his generation had to be obeyed like Shmuel and his, even though in absolute terms Shmuel was on a much greater level than Yiftach was. And if a person's over in this and he doesn't listen to the advice of the Gedalim, of the Dar, the Chachmei Dar, or the Basin of the Dar, then he's devoted to this Mitzvah say, but he's also punished and says the Chinuch, it's a very big punishment because it undermines the pillar which the Torah relies on, which is basically our allegiance and obedience to the Chachmei Adar. And the following Mitzvah, Mitzvah Tav Tzadi Vav, is the counterpart of this one, and that is the Isur Shalai Lassim Ibrahim, not to stray from what they tell us to do. The says, which means don't veer from the track that they said from you, not to the right or to the left. The reason for the mitzvah, the Ramban explains, since people think differently and understand differently, Baruch Hu understood and knew that if everyone was able to interpret Torah how he saw fit, everybody would use that ability to interpret Torah their own way and would increase endless arguments about the intention of the Torah. And therefore, instead of having one clear decision of what the Torah wants people to do, everybody would feel that they're entitled to their own elucidation and interpretation of what the Torah means. And therefore, Kaddish Baruch Hu, he wants us to have a Torah's MS, 
wants us to follow the accepted interpretation and understanding of what the Torah is trying to tell us. And every Dar has its Chachamim. We have a tradition from the Dar before them about the interpretation of the mitzvahs of the Torah. It's not just given to them automatically, says the Ramban, in order to become the level where one becomes the link, so to speak, in the chain of Torah. It takes Yugis, Yavim Elayles, it takes work day and night of many years to understand the Oymek of the, of the Halacha and the Oymek of the days of the previous opinions. And then with that background, the person can understand that he says, That way a person can understand what the correct approach will be the Torah. But if you're just going to follow our own feeling on the topic, we're definitely not going to be in concordance with what the MS expects. Therefore, the Chilich explains why the Kavan of understanding the Torah was given to the Chachmi Yisrael, and they're the ones who went to lead everyone else. And even if the individual Chachamim will feel differently, the halach is that the consensus of the Chachamim, their opinion carries authority, and the importance of being able to accept their opinion is brought out by the Pazak, which says, Don't move from what they said to the right or to the left, and on that Chazal say, even if they tell you something is right and you know it's left, or vice versa, you want to listen to them. There are many interpretations of what Chazal means, the way the Chinuch explains it. He says that even if you know that they're wrong, it's clear to you that it's right and they're saying it's left, it's nevertheless still incumbent upon us to follow their direction and listen to them, even knowingly making a mistake based on what they say, because he said it's better to have one small mistake rather than lose our allegiance to the words of what Chacham say, and that's going to cause much more divisiveness and, and arguments in the halacha, and in the long run will have much more of an effect of weakening the, the standard of keeping the halacha in Yisrael. The Chinuch brings the famous machlaikas between Rabbi Yez and Chachamim about the Tanur of Achnoi, where there's a disagreement with if it's Tar or Tamei, and there was a consensus that Chachamim were held one way, they held it was Tamei, Rabbi Yez and told it was Tar, and even though Rabbi Yez brought proof that it was Tar from the fact that it was announced from Shemayim, that Allah was like Rabbi Yez, nevertheless Rabbi Yashur leading the other Chachamim stood up and said the Torah is up to people to decide, it's not in Shemayim, and therefore they ruled not like him. The Gemara says at the time, one of the other Chachamim, met Eliyahu Anobi. And he asked Eliyahu Anobi, what was Hashem saying when that happened? When the Chachamim decided to stick to their opinion, even against the Baskal, a message which they had heard from Shemayim, supporting the view of Rabbi Eliezer. And Eliyahu Anobi said that at that time, Hashem smiled and he said, Nitzchuni Banai. What it means, Nitzchuni Banai, that my son's won. Not that Chas Vashem won against Hashem. But the way the Chinuch explains it is that even though Abeliezer was more mechaven to the MS, to what the right halacha is, but since they were coming from, with the authority of the Torah, which instructs us to listen to Chachamim, and therefore, it would be a case where the rule of the Torah 
would trump over the what was considered Emes of Yishemayim, and the Chacham did the right thing. Even though this is the general rule not to disobey the Sanhedrin, but it's a special category of somebody called the Zokin Mamre, which means the elder who on his own rules in the position of the Sanhedrin Magadol, that doesn't apply in every case. That's only in a case where one fulfills the requirements of the Zokin Mamre, that the person himself is a Chacham who is allowed to rule halachic rulings, and he's going to argue about something where there's enough gemina to the fact that if a person would do it, the maze of Yechayi chorus, And he doesn't just mention his opinion, but he tells people actively to follow his opinion, or he, or he does it himself. In cases like that, then he's judged like a Zok in Mamre. However, if he's not yet Roi Lahoi Ra, he's just a Talmud. Or, if the Basin, which ruled not like him, wasn't sitting in the Nishka Sagazis in the chamber of the Basin Mikdash, or he argued with them about something which doesn't carry the penalty of a Kores, or something which could cause a Kores, or he didn't agree with their ruling, but he didn't actually actively rule to do not like them, then he would not be a, a Zakin Mamre. The idea of something which is Machai of a Kores would be if they argued about the status of a certain lady if she's a rice, in other words, forbidden because of family reasons to marry somebody or not, or if something which is negated to Tumma and Tyra, and as a result, a person going to the base of or whether a certain piece of fat is chaylev or not, which carries the penalty of a chorus. These are all averes which, which have to do with chorus. Something which would cause a of chorus is if they argue whether to make a leap or not, and as a result of that, people eat chametz on what would have otherwise been Pesach. Or they argue about a certain money who it belongs to. And an Afghimina would be if somebody would use that money to betray the lady to himself. If she would be Mukadesh's to him and therefore ask it to everybody else in the world. And even something which would be an argument of Achir of Malchus would tangentially affect this because if a person gives somebody Malchus Shalaikadin and he damages him, he'd have to pay damages. And then again, that would be money which belonged to him, which could be a question of if it was his money, if he used it to get married. The Rambam writes that it doesn't make a difference if this is a rule of Chomim, which they have a tradition about, or something they learnt from one of the rules that the Torah can be deduced from, or something which was established as a protection for the Torah, which is a Gzer of Chomim. In any of these cases, it's a mitzvah to listen to them, and if a person disobeys them, he's over in this Laitase. However, the Ramban disagrees, and he says the Isra of Laitase, not to disobey the Chachamim. And the Ramban says, according to the Ramban's opinion, that everything which Rabbanon say has this rule of Laitase, so therefore, nothing Hanukkah candles or in the Megiddo would be, including the Isra of Laitase, or the Thakana is not eating chicken and milk, for example, or the second level relatives, which Chazal Asad, what we call Shniyas Laraiz, to marry them, were also included in this Esor, or the Chiyobim to daven three times a day, or to say a hundred brachas, would also be included in the Esor of Laitasar, or the Yom Tov Shaini, or Muktsa and Shabbos and Yom Tov, which is also Midrabanan, or Tishabah. If all these things would be included in Laitasar, the Ramban says that on the one hand, you've built a wall around all 
the dinim that Rabbanim have given us, that the Rabbanim have given us. But on the other hand, we're going to find the problems with this reasoning. Because if that would be the case, then any infraction of Rabbanim is really an Isidaraisa. And therefore, really a person should be high of Malkus for touching Mukta and Shabbos, or giving instruction to a guy, or anything else which we know is mid Rabbanim, because but this is being Rabbanan, he's over on this Isra of Leitasa. And we don't find that Chazal was so machmer on that. And from the fact we see that there's a rule by Suffolk to Rabbanan and it's the Kula, and Suffolk to is the Chumra, that not every Din to Rabbanan carries with it the severity of a Daraisa. And also there's a difference that when it comes to a Rabbanan, such as B'dekas Chomets or Erevin, we believe Ketanim, even though we wouldn't believe them for the Raisa. Same thing if a person is not sure if he did a Mr. Durabanan, such as he's not sure if he davened, he doesn't have to repeat it and daven again. Whereas if it would be in the gate to a Raisa, he would have to say it again. Similarly, we find many times in the Torah that a Raisa, so to speak, takes precedence over and is bevatled Rabbanan. And at times we find that there's a difference that a Safik is the Khumra, a Safik is the Kula. But when it came to Tumid Rabbanan, they waved that for a Kanim so they could see kings, even non Jewish kings. Same thing when it comes to penalties, we find that the punishments that Chacham could give to people who disobeyed the Rabbanan was only to put them in an Idui, an excommunication, and not to punish them with Malchus like one would do for the Raisa. And therefore the Ramban learns that the Isra of Raitasur only applies to those things which Rabbanon are saying as the explanation of what the Torah is telling us to do. Either something which is learned out from Xerushava or Binyanav, or in other ways which we can derive the halachas of the Torah, or what they received as a traditional halachas of the Moshe And that's, since they're telling us this is what the Torah requires, the mitzvah of the Torah would apply. And on this, if someone who's a Zokin in his own right, would disagree with them and rule differently, there would be the possibility of a din of a Zakin Mamre. And in cases like that, therefore, even if the individual believes the basin to be wrong, he's going to have to accept their opinion. As we find by Rabbi Yashur, who argued with Roman Gamliel on the date of when Rishchadish was meant to be, and would have the difference of deciding when your Kippur would fall out. And nevertheless, he went against his own opinion and followed the ruling of the basin. However, according to the Ramban, disagreeing with a Takona de Rabbanon or a Xer de Rabbanon doesn't carry the severity of a Daraisa and therefore wouldn't be included in the love of Lotosa. This mitzvah of a Zokin Mamre and the penalty of the Zokin Mamre would only apply when there's a base of Mikdosh. But the mitzvah to listen to the Chacham and not disobey them would apply in every time and place, both to men and to women. And if a person's over in this, and he disobeys something which Chazal told us, is the explanation of the Torah. In other words, they're telling us what Hashem is himself has to do. He's over in this lab of the Tosser, which that's where the Rabban explained it, and he's been battled with Mr. Sasei of listening to Rabbanon. However, since there's a possibility of, of it being Nitin as Horus Mr. Spacen, which means in the case of the Zakin Mamre, who would disobey the, the Sahedrin of his time, he would be high of Misa. And there's a principle in Navin that a lab which is used to warn somebody of an Isser, which the penalty that carries his Misa, isn't also used to administer Malthus.